Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 975-1280 the zone and the zone sports network. From the Athletic, he's our friend Sam Amick. Give us your thoughts and takeaways from the Utah Jazz season as a whole and what their offseason might look like. Really good season, and you feel for them because you run into a Denver team where they have nothing to be ashamed of, but couldn't ultimately get the job done, and that's painful. So I like the core, but they're one of those teams that because they didn't get nearly as far as they wanted, you got to talk to teams about anything and everything. The Mike Conley move kind of had mixed results. You know, While I give a big thumbs up to their effort and the type of basketball they play, I think you'd be naive if you didn't acknowledge you were hoping for more. I think there's going to be another big wrinkle of some sort. I'd be surprised if they just run it back. All right, Gordon, let's talk a little bit about uh, the Jazz, what they can uh, or what they should do this offseason. And, and John Hollinger had a piece in The Athletic, and he did tiers as far as title contention. And, uh, you know, a conversation we have a lot. Uh, tier one, he has the Lakers, Clippers, and the Bucks. Tier two, he has the Warriors and the Celtics. Tier 3, he has the Heat. Tier 4, he has Brooklyn, Denver, Utah, and Dallas. Now, before uh, we delve into what he said about the Jazz and why he has them ranked Tier 4, you agree, disagree with any of that? That sounds fairly fair, I think, uh, given what we know at this point in time. Yeah, I I mean. I think he's got the the Celtics. I don't know if I'd put them Tier 2 in this conversation. I mean, uh, the, the I might switch the places with the. the I'm, yeah, I would switch places. I think with the Heat and the Celtics. And I don't know if I. You can make a really great argument that uh, they should be any tier higher than the Jazz, frankly, in my opinion. But <clears throat> that that was my biggest issue. Celtics are really high up there, especially since to put them ahead of the Heat, considering that the Heat just beat them. I thought right. was was interesting. Um, <clears throat> but uh, let's let's read over what uh, what he said. And it's a little bit long, but I think it's worthwhile. He says this about the Jazz. One question I asked myself during the finals, who can be next year's Miami? The team I kept going back to was the Jazz. Like Miami, they ran uh, ran a fairly equal opportunity offense with multiple perimeter players capable of creating off the dribble. Like Miami, they have an outstanding defensive center who makes life easier for the perimeter crew and a creative coach who keeps opponents off balance. Unlike Miami, the Jazz had no bench this year. Fortunately, that is the easiest weakness to fix with a good offseason. Meanwhile, the Jazz nearly beat the Nuggets in the first round anyway, even with Boyan Bogdanovich injured. Utah can use its mid-level exception for another quality forward, redo Mike Conley's deal with an opt-out and extension to reduce some of the luxury tax sting of re-signing Jordan Clarkson, and put its first-round draft pick in play with some of its expiring contracts to add another piece. Meanwhile, all-star guard Donovan Mitchell is 24, and coming off a bananas playoffs, does he have another level in him? Obviously, questions loom, most obviously regarding a potential extension for Rudy Gobert. Gobert is eligible for the Supermax, but giving it to him would be nutso, which certainly introduces some tension. But we never saw the best version of this team in 2019-2020, the one with Conley and Mitchell clicking together while Bogdanovich bombed away from the corners. If all goes right, we may get it a year from now. John Hollinger again in the athletic. He's pretty accurate there, I think. Is there anything there that you strongly disagree with? Um, I don't know. How, how easy do you think it would be to redo Mike Conley's deal? 
Well, there's, um, I've heard talk of it. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know because I don't know what Mike Conley is thinking right now. And and but that's that's not really a stopper in this scenario anyway. It just would would take some luxury tax uh, penalty off of it because I I do think they need to re-sign Jordan Clarkson, and and make that a priority. The the Gobert well, one is, well, is when, really the ticklish one. That that's that's the real hard one because if he doesn't come to terms on an extension, he'll be back next year. But if he becomes a free free agent i don't know if he's staying in utah right i agree with that and then you start talking about go bear for what trades right so i mean i i think you know he 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 lays it out there pretty clear but i think some of the issues that he points out are are tough ones and are kind of make or breakers one of the things that uh, he mentioned there uh about the jazz bench or non-existence of the bench. Jordan Clarkson coming off the bench, what would they have done without him? Well, we saw it in the first yeah. in the first couple of months of the season, if you'll remember. remember I mean, David coming on with us and breaking down all the plus minuses that as soon as one starter went off the floor, the Jazz just went into full shutdown. Right. And if they maybe if they kept Dante Exum and he would have stayed healthy, then he might have been able to help them at the defensive end, and they needed that help at times. But where's the, where are the points coming from? Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, they just they they need better they need better players. They just do. You can't come to a full stop uh, every time one of your players go off the floor. And, and their problem last year is their you know gap fillers, their their vet minimum guys that they signed were busts. You're right, exactly. And that's so, when I when I read that. That's the first thing that came to my mind is what happened with Ed Davis and Jeff Green. Right. So they have that mid-level, which they have to nail it. I mean, they have to get it right, whatever they decide to do with that uh, with that exception that, that has to hit. It would also be uh, helpful for the Jazz bench if they could get an NBA-ready player in the draft. Um, if I were Dennis Lindsay, I'd, I'd think about that very heavily. I know they're picking in the 20s, but don't take a Carilla a, a Facinco. Don't take a project. You right. know? Take yeah. somebody that can, that can come in and at least – play a role for for you day one which may or may not be tough uh Locke has been saying uh he likes a lot of the guys uh slated down there where the jazz are going to be so maybe they can get a productive player there it's just a long shot uh to to really get a game changer in the 20s obviously so well, something um, else that that further bolsters your your thoughts on that is that the jazz have a bunch of young players who need who need seasoning you know they're not. They're, they had. They weren't ready to really contribute in a manner in, in which the Jazz were needy, and uh, hence the whole idea of picking somebody in the draft who who can come in and help you right away, a more mature player, somebody who uh, fills a role and can do it at the NBA level, or do you use the draft pick? as uh, trade material to, uh, to 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 acquire something else right along with that exception that you were talking about and it it would help the jazz very much if if players like Terrell Brantley took a big step right but but uh-huh. he's not he's not there where you absolutely know he's an NBA rotation guy mm-hmm. he's a rock star in the G League uh, very, very good, productive. I, I thought he did a couple of nice things in, in the bubble, but I don't know if he's quite there yet where he's a rotational player. And they have a couple of those guys, uh, right. as you point out. Mm-hmm. So if those guys could really make a, a leap 
uh, on the improve. Like if Tony Bradley could take another huge step, that would be really big for the Jazz. Because then you don't have to use uh, uh, the mid level on a backup big, and you could use that. Uh, you could use that somewhere else. Okay, so that raises the question then: Do you think that's uh, a possibility? Because I have I have my doubts. I do. I I do think that's a possibility because he's already improved incredibly and he really stepped up this year he wasn't perfect but he was expected to be the team's third big and big two just no showed on the team somehow and all of a sudden it's like well tony here you go you're actually going to have a really big role on this team your your whole role is don't blow it while we rest rudy and at times he played really well at times he didn't but at times right. he played really well so he's already made that big time improvement i think that's got to tell you something that it that it certainly is possible but um you know that's that's far from far from evidence now right i mean it was a weakness uh with tony bradley this year so he needs to really get better i feel the same way about him as what you described as some of the even younger players i don't know if they're younger but you know less experienced players that the jazz have they have potential, but they're they they're not really fully functional yet. And how quickly can they get functional? Because right. the Jazz need it now. They've got the players in place to make a move. They can be in the top tiers of the NBA, and they need that help now to take advantage of the strengths that they have. And because they have the strengths, but they have the weaknesses too. And I also think. The continued development of Donovan Mitchell is huge because if he can be a true superstar, then it, it, can you imagine if he played the way he did in the bubble all season long? How many more games would the Jazz have won? Uh, that, that, and that seems like sort of an unreasonable expectation. But let's just say he did. How many more games would the Jazz have won during a regular season, do you think? Oh, I don't know if I could quantify that, Gordon. Could I? Can it would, I? It would at least be. I would say at least five. Oh yeah, I think that's reasonable. Can I? Can I pump the brakes just for one second? Just okay. for one second, because I, I don't want to set an unreasonable standard for Donovan Mitchell, because I just don't know how real some of that bubble stuff was. Not that he didn't, you know. I mean, he was he was amazing, but we saw some stuff that you just don't normally see. Uh huh. So I don't know if uh, you know. I know you're gonna predict donovan's going to score 35 a game next year but i i just want to say that you know he he showed a lot of progress last year uh david talked about the 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 break for the pandemic as as basically the off season and we saw the improvement after an off season and i'm buying into all of that i just i don't know maybe it's a broader conversation i'm just not sure how real some of the bubble stuff was because it was such a unique circumstance we haven't exactly had a chance to study you know what the effect was just yet all right, we'll so, see a lot of books about that, actually, in years to come. I bet we see uh, a bunch of stuff. Well, what's your best speculation, then? What's it, I mean, the court is the same size. you got the same Are you teams. you Hoosiers on me? Yeah. <laughs> you, you, every, every, everything. The, the only difference is the travel and the lack of a home court advantage. Right. Which, so, which are big, which are big factors, by the way. Right, You're kind that's of a big factor. Just, but those are you big th- factors. Right, but do you think that's going to particularly hold up Donovan Mitchell? Oh, I'm not talking specifically about Donovan, but it seemed to me that some of the defense in the bubble was a little bit lacking. I don't, I don't know as to why, but we, I mean, Denver came back being down three to one in two consecutive series. The odds of that happening are ridiculous. 
So, I mean, how it's like a once in a million years kind of thing, and and it happened. So, what what was the the circumstance that allowed them to do that? I I don't know, but it was it was so unique and something we've never seen before. It had to have an impact on the actual gameplay. You know, Donovan and Jamal Murray, Gordon are scoring. What uh, Donovan scored fifty points twice in a series. He's one of like uh-huh. four people to do that, and then Jamal Murray does it in the same series. I mean, come on, that's what, that's what? that's madness. So what? I want to know, like, what 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 is real? Yeah, I, I understand your question, and we all have them. But I, what is the travel that brutal? Is is the advantage at home not that great? I mean, what, I'd, I'd love it, was to it, see it was study. it the was it the compactness of the gym or the sight lines better? I uh, maybe it's it's something ridiculous like the food they were feeding them was uh, higher in protein. I don't know. It, it was, it's such a wild thing. I, I hope somebody like uh, one of our friends, either Chris or Sam or somebody that was down there, I hope they write a book about it someday and maybe do a deep dive into the stats. But, I mean, those, those things that I mentioned that never happened before happen. You know, if I'm wearing a, uh, a sheet metal hat and I get struck by lightning three times in a week, <laughs> I am probably going to go, you know what? Is there some reason I'm getting struck by lightning? Could it be this this sheet metal hat that I'm wearing around town? Should I take this hat off? <laughs> you know, that stuff uh, That stuff just never happens, and it happened in the bubble. So there's there's got to be some sort of impact, and I wonder what it was. So, so do you <laughs> – then that brings up the question then, do you think that Donovan Mitchell will be closer to what he was – during the regular regular season than to what he was in the bubble. You know what? I don't have the stats in front of me. I, I should I should look just how much better he was in the bubble. I think it was considerable. Um uh no, I mean I I would I Donovan's always improved throughout his career and we've saw that in, improvement going into the bubble. Um so probably closer to that cuz I believe in Donovan's improvement. Because he's he's always been a practice player. He's always been a a coachable player. And he's improved since day one. He he stepped out there uh, to practice. So I believe in his improvement. I just, you know, if you're expecting him to to score 50 points every other game, I mean, that's that's not happening. Yeah, that's not the point. The point is, will he elevate his game? Because everything got better. His... uh, his ability to see the floor got better. His even at times his defensive effort was a little better, and and uh, we we saw his efficiency uh, there. I I don't know. Not that he's going to score fifty. I get that, but you know, could he edge closer to thirty? Well, you had him at thirty-five last year. No, I didn't. So we're setting the bar at thirty this at, year already. I had him at twenty-six. Oh, no, you had him at – what did you have him at? You had him at, like, 28, and the compromise was 26. Yeah, but that counts. Uh, So if I were to say to you, Donovan Mitchell, next season will average more than 26 points a game, your response would be what? Hmm. Well, that's where we settled on the over-under last year. Well, well, let's think about it. We'll we'll set the over-under. That's why I said it there again. Well, he's improved, though. Right. 
That was that was a good number last year. So I'm asking you the question: Will he average more than 26? Well, let's debate where the over under should be. Let's do that coming up next. Stay tuned. <laughs> oh, it's the go. big show. You're going to lose this time. You're going to lose. Okay, Gordon, uh, we're we're going to set the uh, over under for next year's performance uh, from Donovan Mitchell, and you just want to use last year's number again, uh, 26, which well, I, we, no, I kind of can... find funny because you know you had higher expectations for him last year. I and, did, uh, and uh, you're you're lowering, not raising your expectations. So that's an interesting comment there. <laughs> I'm not lowering them. I'm you... I, I, I'm just saying that. I just picked the number. I really don't have, you know, unless it gets crazy here. Okay. I, I'm, will, I'm willing to go higher if uh, if you insist. Why don't you tell me, why, why don't we do it this way? Why don't you tell me what number you have, you expect Donovan Mitchell to score next year. I'll tell you where I think he's going to be and we'll meet in the middle. If, in uh, fact, okay. we, we differ that much. Well, if you're going to put it like that, then I'll go low. <laughs> well, what you're trying to win a better? We trying to actually talk about what's going on here. I will. I. I. Hmm. Well, you know, it's really when you talk about a, a one or two or three point uh, advance in scoring every single night. That's that is a huge leap. But I. I how about uh, how about if I just crank it up a little bit here and say. Uh, 27, 27 and a half. Uh, okay. Now, is this what you're predicting, uh, uh, Donovan to score next year? Or is this where you think the line should be? Oh, no, I'm just picking a number, but I do think his, uh, his scoring will definitely increase. I, I, yeah, uh, okay. I'm happy. I'm happy with, tw- I would, I would predict about 27 and a half, somewhere between 27, and 28 points a game. So Donovan scored 24 points a game last year in the regular uh-huh. season. Uh, in the playoff series with the Nuggets, scored 36.3 <laughs> points per game. And you were asking me if I thought that was reality. I, I don't think Donovan's going to score 36 points a game next year. Um, well, it's a small sample size. I mean, come on. Right. I, I got you. Um, so here's, here's the thing. I, I believe that next year Donovan Mitchell is going to have the ball in his hands more. But as John Hollinger points out, their their system is not really like Houston's where it's set up to be a one-man show, right? It, it's a much more uh, team-oriented system. True, true. So, and the, the big thing in my mind is Mike Conley because where if Donovan's going to score more, if Donovan's going to have more production, who's going to have less? You know, and and how much does Mike Conley have the ball in his hands, and how how do they work out that split? I think that's. I mean, if they all of a sudden turn into the uh, Locke brought up Allen Iverson the other day. If they all all of a sudden turn into the the Sixers uh, of old with AI, I mean, he may score thirty next year, but I don't think Quinn Snyder's going to do that. So it doesn't seem like that's his nature. No, it it, it really doesn't. And plus, it's kind of how he sells his his defensive message too. Like, hey, if everybody plays defense, then we're going to get you a couple of shots. I mean, it's it's kind of a philosophy kind of thing. So I don't. I, I I wonder how much of the offense that he wasn't getting already he will get in addition next year. Does that make sense? All right. Uh huh. And where that comes from. Um. But I liked your twenty-six line. Uh, I I would predict right around. I would predict right around twenty-six if I my feet were held to the fire today. 
And he could score more than that, but it's for all the factors you just brought up right. um, that may limit him in that regard. Do you? What percentage of the time do you think he'll be playing point guard? Oh, I think they're going to – most of it. 80%? Maybe more. Wow. I mean, that's what, like, we, that's what we saw in the bubble, though, Gordon. I mean, that's, yeah. that's, that's what, what we, we saw in the playoffs. About, that's what we talked about with Locke. Mm-hmm. That when you're six one or six one in a fraction, generally you're not quite big enough to be a shooting guard. Yep. And the Jazz Donovan do need plays to get bigger, bigger than that because he's got such hops. But well, he's got a huge wingspan too. He does play yeah. bigger than that. But it's it's hard to play six nine when you're six one. Yeah. Yeah. I remember having this conversation with Quinn Snyder back when Donovan was a rookie, and I asked him about Donovan playing point guard. And at that point, I'm not sure he was completely sold on the idea, but uh, I think now that there is more evidence about what Donovan can do and what his attitude is about both creating shots for himself and distributing to others, uh, yeah, I, I think he's in, uh, made a lot of progress in that regard. Would you agree? Yeah, I would. All right, so our, you're going over 27, I'm going under 27. Easy. We've met right there in the middle. More straight ahead. Right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.